Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Ingerman, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave. And I'm Renee Barabo, and I am excited to be here with you today because we have another really important topic. Yeah, so um, um, I had an experience, a personal experience, which I don't want to talk about because I'm still integrating it. It was a very powerful healing experience for me. Um, and it, it, it brought up um, questions that I've, I've actually been talking about in my 40 years of um, teaching shamanism. And as you know, uh, those of you who are familiar with my work know that the form of shamanism that I teach is universal. Uh, it does not come from a particular culture. We don't do ceremonies from a particular culture because we have our own creativity. We have our own access to the spirits who can give us amazing healing methods, amazing um, ceremonies. And so I've just been so in love with um, uh, shamanism as a practice of direct revelation. And I have personally chosen not to work, uh, study with an indigenous culture, but to work with my own spirits as teachers. I also have so many students who really want those ancient teachings that um, come from cultures that are, are not westernized, and they want to learn those particular teachings. And so they do want to work with a particular culture and what I keep on saying is there's no right way. You really have to choose the path that you um, that feels right to you. So I talked to Renee about it, and we wanted to do a short discussion on what we found in the difference of uh, learning through our own spiritual guidance, our own downloads, our own connections, uh, versus working with an indigenous culture that could have hundreds of years of um, teachings that go with that culture or even back a thousand years. Um, and so that's what we're talking about today. It's a great topic. And I've had both. Um, you know, I, I, I think... A lot of it was for me is like I get really excited about new adventures. And, and so and a lot of times, you know, a lot of people do a lot of research around things and make their informed decisions. And I'm not I do a lot of research for when I'm writing and, and things like that. But I usually go with my gut. Like I ended up doing, you know, one spiritual practice for many years because somebody said, oh, let's go do that. And I was actually talking to somebody on, on the Shaman's Cave this morning about it because I'm seeing a, a, a reintroduce, a reintroduction of some of the indigenous um, traditions in the country from a more heartfelt, let's embrace you kind of a, an experience. Whereas when I did it, I was embraced. Then I was given the boot. And then I found myself in another cultural experience where they're like, 
oh, we're just here to share our genuine hearts with, you know, the North because they, they, you know, the Condor Eagle uh, analogy of that's what their work was to do. So I've been in both. I've been in, I've been in traditions that have long standing that I was invited into, then left. And then I was in, embraced in another tradition. And I ended up not, I ended up not going back there because of, not because I wasn't welcomed, but I just felt like, I felt like I was an outsider looking in and that people like me, and and, and I've done a lot of work in my life, people like me were actually dismantling their practices by being the voyeurs that we were. And I started to feel really disgusted at that kind of spiritual tourism that I was taking a part in. And so I came back and I said to the spirits, you know, this isn't feeling so right. I want a tradition that I can teach that comes directly from the gods. And then the wind work came. Mm, that's beautiful. That, that is a gorgeous story. That's really a gorgeous story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just that's how it happened for me and but I don't I don't judge the people who like you said who want to go to you know who want to go to other traditions and, and get what they what what they need from them. Yeah, what you know, one of the things that I talk about and I've talked about this uh, um on some of my intro calls for the Shift Network um and I am going to be teaching another course on shamanic journeying through the ship network. And you'll hear about that at some point. Um, but what I, I teach people is that um, like right now, children are terrified of the elements, terrified of the elements. They're, they're killing people in their communities. They're killing people in their families they're taking away their homes. They're scared. They, um, their parents are scared, so they're scared. Their parents don't are afraid of the elements too. And so, what I found is that um, other cultures are not coming into schools. Indigenous cultures are not coming into Western schools and educating and bringing in drums and having kids play shamanic games and going out and singing and and dancing an animal that they feel is coming to them and um, talking to them about how the rain is just cleansing us and the wind is cleansing us and giving us uh, giving kids a different perspective I have students going into hospitals and working with doctors and have students who are being called into uh, big businesses, um, asking them for help uh, with using shamanic practices to bring them back to an ethical place and to a bonded place. So they're working as a team. I had one student who was um, actually um, part of Bill Clinton's um, climate change um, uh, meetings and so in in being able to teach for what is important right now in our culture is 
cannot be replaced. It cannot be replaced because we know the words, we know the language, and we, we know how to speak to people in our particular culture. Um, I was teaching a workshop, uh, and I love this student, and she's deceased, and oh my God, I miss her so much. But the first time we met, we clashed, <laughs> and um, we were at a workshop, and I was calling in the spirits, and she comes up to me afterwards, and she says, Sandra, this isn't, this isn't the same as the tradition that I taught that I learned. I learned that you start with a feather and you have to do it like this. And I said, my God, I, I've never even heard of that before. And so what starts to happen is we start to, when we work with indigenous cultures, we can start to try to memorize and, and mimic instead of it being a true sacred work, where if you're working from your heart, um, the spirits hear that. When you're trying to read notes from a teacher, first step, do this, okay, I gotta do that. Now what's the next step? You just lost all the sacred energy. So, um, so to have the unbelievable gift of studying with people who this has been their tradition for hundreds and thousands of years is irreplaceable. It's absolutely irreplaceable. But I've also found, because my desire has been to help Westerners, um, people in my culture, that I had to work with my spirits really hard to update all the methods that I was even bringing through because they were my my clients couldn't deal with them because they were too psychologically sophisticated so I had to change my work for psychologically sophisticated clients and I got amazing results from doing that amazing results, unbelievable miracles, because we were able to speak to the people and touch their hearts because we knew the right words. Yeah, that's so important. I, I've been on a lot of summits where people started by calling in the directions. And so many times I'm there like, oh, you studied with X. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, and you know what it does to me? It already, it, it adjusts my perception to, like, I don't listen to, uh, it's hard to listen to whatever comes out next. Or, or, or like you read a book that somebody's like, like, did you just steal everything your teacher taught you? Or did you go out and have an experience too that was your own that you're now writing about? And and it's kind of like a, a spiritual plagiarism instead of a direct revelation where, you know, when the wind started talking to me, I didn't, it took me a minute to even know what to do with it. It was like, I thought it was a metaphor and it wasn't until I'm there like, okay, well, why are there 150, 200 wind gods and goddesses? Why am I finding them? And then I started to call to them and invite them in to teach me. And 
I didn't get that from anywhere else. In fact, when I went to back to some of these cultures that I had sat with or studied with and said, so what do you know about the wind? You know, it'd be like, not much. In it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you you you've got wind gods and goddesses that come from your lands. Have you, you know, visited with them? And and that was like really a revelatory experience for me too. And and finding the people who really got it and said, I, I'd like I, some of the in cultures that I wrote about. I actually I went to experts from those cultures and said, you know, is this Correct. And there was there was the wind goddess from Temu, an island of Jeju. And the, the the woman who had written like articles about it said, I just don't know why you think this is so important. That wind only comes once a year for three weeks. I'm there, yeah, but she comes every year once a year for you know, for three weeks. <laughs> I said, so like, really, what were you writing about when we were, when you were talking about it and, and not to minimize her experience with it, but just like when you start to have your own experience with it, you, you get the, the priority of it. Right. Well, that's, that's it. That's you, you, you got it. <laughs> that's it. And that's where the words direct revelation comes in. Because you got it on your own. You were the hollow bone for that information, and you brought it through. I mean, imagine if you didn't listen. We'd all be missing the winds of spirit. <laughs> I remember Hank, he, he he called me up when he saw the book, and he's there like, Renee, the winds came to see me. I was lecturing, and this woman in the back of the room said, hey, Hank, the north wind is here. And so he got a chat. He got a paragraph of it. And I'm there, oh, I looked at him, I said, oh, it's too bad you weren't really listening that day. <laughs> and not maybe it wasn't his to bring in, you know, but but it was just like, like I, you've told the story about when you got the soul retrieval, and I think it was the soul retrieval, and you're there like, oh, I just can't possibly bring this out into the world. And I was like, What's, what did she say? Oh, well, I'll find somebody else who will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isis. I, I said to Isis, I can't do this. I don't know how to write. You know, it's my first book, Cell Retrieval. I was just a baby. And um, and she goes, oh, that's okay. I'll find somebody else to write it. And she left. And, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey. So um, she never helped me write it, but what she did is I saw her standing behind me, and whenever I journey, she would talk to me, and she talked to me about rhythm, that a book has to have a rhythm, and you have to be able to take a, a, a reader up and be able to take them down, not keep them not keep them with no notes too long because they'll fall asleep. So she ended up teaching me an amazing amount about writing, but she made me do the writing, you know, and that's the power of direct revelation. She told me that I had to have rhythm, but she didn't tell me how to create it. And and what I've noticed now in my life is with all the AI stuff and everything, I'm noticing because uh, I've been a person who reads books with a rhythm. I've been noticing that the rhythm is changing in everybody's writing uh, with 
AI coming out now. It's a different rhythm. That's interesting. I, I was reading a post in the, the shaman's cave this morning and I'm there like, yeah, this sounds like AI wrote it. And, and it was, it almost had an experience and, you know, I have to say that I do love AI because what it has done for, for me is, you know, I'm a constant creator. And so I can create and create and create ideas and it can kind of give me some structure to the creations. But I've learned that you're right. It doesn't have that rhythm and it doesn't have that feeling as something, you know, that you just can't take it, paste it word for word because it loses your soul. And trust me, my other fear is, you know, that if I share too much with AI about what I'm thinking about or what I'm crafting, that I'm going to be giving it to to somebody else who's looking to on a similar way because, you know, direct revelation is like if you if I didn't write the wind book, I'm sure somebody else would have come up with it in the next few years because it was time for the winds to resurface on the planet. And simply that. Yeah. And I I do want to say that I have been alerted and I don't know how to deal with this legally, but I was told to let the whole world know about it, that um, there is a mega company, a mega business company that is taking books illegally so AI can learn how to write them. And so... um, uh, Hank Wesselman, who is now deceased in my book, Awakening to the Spirit World, was illegally taken by a meta-business company to teach AI how to write books on shamanism. Some people would see that as an honor. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I'm joining others in trying to find out my legal rights on this. Anyway, it's just something that's going on. So here we are. We started talking about, do you study with an indigenous culture? Do you go with direct revelation? And then we moved into AI. But if you if you watch the connection, you can see it. You can actually see it. Here we have these cultures that are drawing on wisdom that has been carried on unbroken hundreds and hundreds of years and not always their their work is unbelievably powerful and we really need it but they don't always know how to integrate it into a western culture then we have all these shamanic practitioners in the west trying to learn direct revelation but unsure of themselves, so asking opinions of others and getting a lot of wrong information. So where is shamanism going? It's getting very chaotic, and now AI is all trying to put it all together for us in a a little nice, neat package. (laughs) And shamanism is nothing but a nice, little, neat package. I I do want to say that. And so it, it is really important for, for all of you who are thinking about um, your practice, whether you're first stepping into your practice or whether you've been practicing for, for years, if you're working alone without elders, how deep are you working with your spirits? Are you spending too much time on social media? Do you live a sacred life? Uh, a nature-based life um, where 
you listening to your spirits and your spirits are guiding you on everything? Or do you need help from um, a native culture to start to find your way on, on the path? Um, AI is happy to teach us shamanism. <laughs> in the future um who do you want to be studying with right now (laughs) (laughs) that's a great end i just want to say that what really drew me to to south america was the mountains if i really think about it like i was in i was in the fit 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 and uh, i wanted to hike the mountains i wanted to the hike to the top of machu picchu and the top of huayna picchu and 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 i think that that the rest of it was the the gravy that went along with it in, in a lot of ways was to learn how the people there respected their mountains and how you know they were so personalized and and that was a heart opening for me to see that oh we don't necessarily do that here we don't have that that reciprocal relationship where our mountains are like I, I watched someone once bring in the mountain into his body as a, you know, as a, as a trance move. And it was, you felt that mountain, it shaked the room, you know, threw bottle caps every which way it moved all of us. And then it scolded us, mm-hmm. told us we weren't, we weren't, we weren't honoring our own traditions. We weren't honoring our own past. We were taking things for granted and we weren't doing our personal work. And that was a lesson that was, you know, and now I can go out and go to my mountains and, and, and get that lesson. Like last week I went to the waterfall over in Orcas and it was just bubbling and reminding me to, to be in the effervescence of it. We want to make it out to be something so much more than it just sometimes is, is just to take off your shoes and put your feet in the river to let things go. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I've been uh, going to the Pecos River with uh, Woods, and we have our little chairs, and we just go and stare. And, I, I, you know, it's a beautiful river, but, you know, I live in New Mexico. Not, nothing's big as far as rivers go in New Mexico. And somebody actually said, commented on my, I was so proud of my picture, said, that's it. They did not. And, um, but we have to understand that everything on our land has a spirit. It's like people. It doesn't matter what things look like. It's the spirit. It's Mm -hmm. the spirit. It's the spirit shining through. And what the Native traditions have always been trying to teach us is that we have to be on a nature-based path because nature gives us our life. Mm-hmm. And um, and those teachings and and like going to Orcas Island and seeing the waterfall or me and Woods going and sitting and just staring. We don't talk. We just stare at the river for an hour and listen to it um, singing and moving forward, reminding us just let everything go. Life just keeps moving forward. This is what indigenous cultures are trying to teach us. We can find our own ways with it. I did. I I was born loving the earth um, and being out in nature. Or we can choose to work with people who teach us how to connect in a sacred way. 
so that um, that healing is reciprocal because healing is always going to be reciprocal. Mm-hmm. And, and you can also know that you can do a little bit of both. There's nothing wrong with getting some indigenous training because we're so out of touch. I mean, there, you go to Peru, you feel the heart of the people. You, you know, you walk down the streets in the United States and you, or wherever you might be, and you might not. So sometimes it's good to, to visit a culture with new eyes to see what, what it is. But unfortunately, just be careful when you go to those places. Like, you, you know, when I first started going to Peru, not everyone had a watch on. When I left Peru, they were all having cell phones and, you know, trading out potatoes for their cell phones. And it was just like, it was really disheartening that how do you keep your heart when you're so connected to all the stuff that isn't of that heart? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The West has done a lot of damage to indigenous traditions. Um, Indigenous traditions still... um, are still hold knowledge that we all need. So it's an interesting journey. And, and the bottom line is it all comes down to reciprocity. It all comes down to reciprocity. What, what you give, um, you do get back. And that is, that is one of the most powerful shamanic teachings that there is. Um, and so in saying that, um, if we're giving you something, if you feel like you're getting something uh, from watching our show, and if it's meaningful for you, I hope that you will push subscribe and that you will like us and that you will comment on our show. And I'll take it one step further and buy our books. Like, you know, <laughs> like support us in our books or send us a donation. I mean, it's not... The other day, and I'll just end with this, somebody wrote to me and said, hey, I see you're teaching a class. Um, I'm wondering if you give scholarships. And I'm there like, well, what what scholarship are you wanting to give? You know, like, <laughs> like what are you just wanting me to give you the class? Or, do you, you know, when I went to the, the, the lodge, we used to put out a blanket where people would put cans. Right. It was, it was, it's like, I don't, it's not just about taking, it's about returning the, bringing a can, if that's all you have. Someone, she said, oh, I'll give you a can of beans. It'd be like, great. Right. So think about that. What are you bringing to the situation? Or are you just, you know, taking from the situation? And, but we're, we're, we're happy because Sandra and I have a great time before the class, before the talk, before, <laughs> when we're doing it, we, we laugh the whole time and we really enjoy each other and we enjoy that you enjoy us. So all of it's sacred reciprocity here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so um, we really love you and we, we always send you blessings. We think about you. Um, we think about what's coming up for you. Um we, we talk about that. The topics that we come up with, it's we're watching what you're thinking about. And so we're trying to care for you. So um, um, we, we accept whatever you're willing to give, and we will receive it gratefully. Mm-hmm.